Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. Uh, my name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with Jake Anderson, as I am every week at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter, formerly NFL Draft Talker on Twitter, just in case anyone's still confused like me. Um, we talk about one player at a time from two different perspectives, and it is rookie season, which is probably where our format, I think, makes the most sense. We take one player at a time, talk about them from the two different sides of the same coin, uh, and try to come to some sort of consensus, or if it's a really good episode, argue with each other for a full half hour. So, uh, welcome in. Um, if you're coming back, uh, thank, thanks for checking us out a second time. Whew, maybe even a third, that'd be great. Um, and if you're here for the first time, welcome. We so desperately need you. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, Jake, how are you doing? What, anything, anything new in your life? Oh, not really. And everything is pretty good. Uh, you know, last week we talked, and I certainly was not ready for rookie season. <laughs> I was ready to just kind of sit back and relax. And then last week I started to dive into some players' tape, and I, I kind of got um, motivated again to just kind of dive into these rookies. I still have so much work to do. Um, if you don't know, like, I'm not a I'm not a big college football fan. I don't watch a lot of college football in season. So what I do every off season is I scout for my Debbie league, and you know I prepare for you know the NFL draft every season. So um, a lot of these guys I've scouted in the past, but like the players like we're going to discuss tonight, who kind of came out of nowhere and kind of leaped onto the scene and now has some hype. Um, I, I really didn't do any work on it all. So. There's a bunch of players that I still have a lot of work to do, um, but you know what? I'm excited. It, it's the best time of the year. It's the dynasty off season, and it's time to get to know these rookies. Yeah, I agree with all of the above. I was just saying, I would say it seems to get earlier every year, but if it got any earlier, it'd have to start happening before the <laughs> right. like before the season before at this point. <laughs> but uh, the same thing happens where I'm like, good, I got a, I got a couple of weeks off. Same, I've had the same feeling last week. I just want to crash and watch TV um, for a change. And uh, then someone asks a question. I'm like, I, c- I could find the answer out to that. Or, hey, that doesn't seem right. I should really research. And before I know it, I'm like knee-deep in rookie um, data gathering and um, ha- ha- hating life, generally. But... <laughs> No, not really, because uh, you're right. This is a this is honestly why Dynasty is my favorite format. This is what I really like doing, and I'm really excited to start digging into some rookies. But you know, you've already said it. This is really early. Like um, having an opinion is almost taking it too far <laughs> at the moment with with most uh, with most players. Um, so uh, this week we did a poll, and as we occasionally do, we just decided to talk about the guy Jake likes instead. Um, <laughs> 
uh, I think I'm going to have you talk about or introduce them and uh, tell us, uh, you know, if you if you can keep it under 30 minutes, that'd be great, about how uh, how much you like him. Uh, the player's name is Josh Jacobs, an Alabama running back, um, because, you know, that's what Alabama does. It, it puts running backs in the NFL and every other position, it seems, as well. So um, he came second in our poll. Um, I, I'm not even sure who won the poll. Was it Harry? No, it was David Montgomery. So regardless, we were going to oh, talk okay. about a, a running back. But it was very close. And we got a lot of comments that they wanted us to talk to Jacobs because people are m- much more familiar with David Montgomery. And I'm sure we'll get to an episode with, with David Montgomery and all these running backs. And I'm sure you're extremely excited about those opportunities to discuss these running backs. Um, but I figured, you know, we're going into rookie draft season Let's talk about who you know people are mentioning in the comments. Should be a good one. You you love him, and so I will feel free to hate him, and uh, this should be good. <laughs> really, um, but uh, yeah, there's nothing like spending a week when you thought you were going to be taking a break, staying up to the early hours of the morning, crunching numbers on wide receivers, only to be told you're going to have to podcast about running backs. But uh, other than that, I'm not bit bitter at all. I'm not. I'm I'm a little bitter. But um, yeah, Jake, why don't why don't you start us off with the the kid who has, if nothing else, he has a heart wrenching "I want him to succeed" kind of story, which is always kind of difficult to argue against. Because as I normally do, I sound like a hardworking blue collar American hater or something. But um, yeah, why, why don't you tell us about Josh Jacobs and give us? Um, yeah, well, first of all, that's how I you know if anybody asks about you, that's how I describe you. Um, I I have figured. <laughs> That's how I describe me. <laughs> anyways, uh, you know what I I don't know a lot about Josh Jacobs. Anyways, um, you know I just started diving into him last week, and um, you know during the um, lead up to the college football playoffs, um, when Josh Jacobs was getting some run and kind of being used a lot more than he was previously in the season. I saw a lot of people talking like RB1, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, this guy has done nothing this season. You know, he, his college production is basically you know, not sought after whatsoever. Um, I thought people were just a little bit head over heels with this guy just because of a couple games. Um, so, you know, I, I dove into his tape. He's, he's a guy, he's, you know, just for starters, he's he's around 5'10", so he's under 6 feet. He's around that 220-pound mark. Um, he came out as a junior. Um, you know, his, his freshman season, he came onto the league and, or came into the um, came into Alabama and had um, over 700 yards all-purpose. He was PFF's number one elusiveness rating running back uh, in his freshman season without, you know, getting a lot of run. He only had 85 rushing attempts there, uh, but averaged six point yards for the carry. Shipped in 14 receptions for 156 yards there. Um, and then 2017, and, and just just for, if you want to get some background and, and just read a nice little thread, um, my, my good friend Kyle Francis over at DFF, who I used to work with over there, um, he's at, at FranchiseKF on Twitter. Um, he's a college football guru. He has tons of knowledge about the college football game. He, threw, he posted an, a, a nice thread about Josh Jacobs and kind of his background and kind of um, 
some of the extenuating circumstances circumstances that led to maybe the lack of his college collegiate production and i certainly recommend you go do that you can just you know type in your search bar uh, type in josh jacobs and then type in his twitter at franchise kf and it'll pop right up um really extensive thread here um but you know kyle's a really good follow and i trust a lot of what he says and and he's a huge josh jacobs fan so um that's that's something to go in and look at but just getting back to his 2017 um in that thread he talked about him having a hamstring injury early in the fall and then he had a broken ankle that he didn't tell anybody about so um that that really hindered his performance and then this last year he really came out on towards the last part of the season um you know he's never had over a thousand yards rushing he's never had over 640 yards of what he had this year um so his, his profile just does not look very impressive but um what kyle talked about a little bit explaining that is alabama never gives workhorse carries you know i think the the most they've given over the past four seasons was 166 so they rotate their backs and there's backs. good there's good reason yeah for running backs not jalen hurts uh, there's good reason for that because they're just they're studded out you know like they could have like f- you know five other college teams could have workhorse running backs if Alabama didn't hog them all um, but the the interesting thing was Josh Jacobs wasn't even a he was like a zero star recruit before Alabama gave him an offer and then he became a three star recruit so he really really came out of nowhere and then he comes in Alabama and he's got um, you know, especially like this last year, he had uh, Damian Harris, who's going to probably be a first-round rookie pick this year. He's got Najee Harris, who's one of the top Debbie running backs in college football. Um, so he had a lot of competition to, to get some carries and, and, you know, to show what he can do on the football field. So um, you're going to hear a lot of people arguing about his college production and, a lot of people wishing that he would have done more and why didn't he do more if he's touted to be maybe as good as some people are saying he is. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of in that same boat there for a while where I didn't really understand the hype. But <clears throat> as soon as I popped on the tape, I mean, this guy jumped off the tape for me. And that's really what I'm looking for these players to do is to, to wow me in certain kind of trait. Um you know, kind of jump off the tape for me. And he did that in a number of ways. And he's a different kind of running back. And he's so well-rounded. There's not a lot of weaknesses to his game. Uh, For starters, I think his biggest thing is he's an absolute monster as far as physicality in his running game and in his blocking. He lays some dudes out in the blocking game and his running game. Uh, his, he lowers his pad level. He gets under dudes. He blows, you know, he miles them over. Um, and <clears throat> it's not just that. Like, I think that's kind of his trump card, and that that's kind of the most fun thing about him. But you don't often see a guy that's, you know, built like that, that's 220 pounds, under six foot tall that can run that powerfully but he also has really good explosion he's got really really quick feet which allows him to run through contact um, and keep his feet moving his lateral agility is very impressive to me 
And I think the biggest thing that I that really made me fall in love with him because I was like, okay, this guy, you know, has these traits. He's a good runner. He's a really natural pass catcher too, which you just do not see with this kind of um, running back. And and you asked me for a comp, and I was like, honestly, I don't. I could comp him in different kinds of traits to other players, but I don't really see another guy that he really reminds me of. Um, that I could think of, but I, I got a lot of more work to do um, on Josh Jacobs and, you know, kind of figuring out who he exactly reminds me of. Um, but this is a guy that I'm excited about, and it's still early on, and, and my rankings are absolutely going to be fluid, and they're not even set because I haven't watched all these guys enough to have a true ranking out there. But he's definitely my RB2 so far behind David Montgomery and he has a chance to be the RB1 in this class for me and and I think that he's going to be a super polarizing prospect because it's going to come down to landing spot and draft capital and we were talking pre-show and you know these running backs especially guys like this who kind of come out of nowhere like Alvin Kamara a couple years ago um, landing spot was big and draft capital was important but I mean landing spot's huge uh, but we were talking, and John Kelly was, I think, my RB4 or 5 last year. And he goes in the sixth round to the Rams, and all of a sudden he's basically undraftable. So there is potential for that, and it's still early. And we need to see this combine play out. We need to see uh, the NFL draft play out. But as far as what I see from traits, and that's really what I judge these guys by personally, is traits. I'm a traits over production type of guy. Not that I don't think production is important i just i'd rather for for me i i want guys that can become high-end assets in dynasty i think it's great if you can get them in the right spots if they're a solid contributor but if i can get a guy that i think can be an rb1 or a wide receiver one in this league i'm gonna fall in love with those guys more than guys that are probably a safer you know running back two or wide receiver two or three um so i know that was long-winded uh, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to let you take over now and tell me how wrong you think I am. Yeah, so I guess I'm going to, I'm meant to, you know, explain exactly how unproductive he was compared to other running backs at this point. But, you know, I don't want to spend 30 minutes on something <laughs> everyone's going to be telling you about for the next three months. So let me just do one overall thing and then we can get into what I think is my main problem and also how much of a liar you are, you lying liar, 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 <laughs> um, about traits. Because uh, I think the traits argument is more interesting. Um, also, just general, generally think about running backs or wide receivers or prospects in theory, especially at this point in the offseason. Literally, you're going to listen to people for three months tell you everything you need to know about this. So let's try and get ahead of the curve and talk about something that will be relevant at the end of the offseason um, as it, as relevant then as it is now. So just just, you know, to put underproductive in context... There are three running backs um, in the NFL since 2000 that I currently have in the database, which is not fully updated because I was not prepared to talk about running backs. But it's it there's a lot of them in there from 2000 all the way to 2018. There are only three running backs of the top 24 season who only had 30% of their college offenses combined um, total yards and touchdowns. And that's a new thing that I've started to track 
and included in this new database. And one of them is someone someone you won't know. It happened once and he disappeared. One of them is Alvin Kamara and that's it. Actually, there are only three that came up because I had Josh Jacobs in there. Sorry, my bad. So it's really uh, Alvin Kamara and I think I'm going to hear his name talked about a lot when talking about Josh Jacobs, especially when we're talking about uh, three down skill sets and traits. Um, but that's literally the only way you can really compare Alvin Kamara, who was an outlier. He's a big outlier to be this productive in the NFL based on what he did in college. So just taking that all as read, because I think if anyone's listened to us at all, we, they've heard me harp on about production. Um, it's really the most important. Um, so now to get to your lie. Yes, you like traits, but you're also not a freaking moron, and you know traits don't correlate to success in the NFL. You know, production does. I mean, I know we're meant to do the two sides of the same coin thing, and I'm meant to be the one talking about numbers, but let's not pretend you're not really aware that traits, good traits, you can count, even if take people were willing to count them all and actually track it, don't tell you if a running back's going to be successful in the NFL by themselves. There are just too many people with the exact same trends, even, traits, even from the exact same evaluator, that simply don't make it. Um, now, I'm not even putting a black mark on traits necessarily, although I think I could. Um, <laughs> it's more, that's not what makes a running back in the NFL. Um, as I've been arguing for undrafted free agent wide receivers for what seems like my life, but it's really probably only two years now, um, lots of them could replace starting talent in the NFL. It's, it's a bad opportunity in a game that's so small with only one league and the most talented players in the world will enter it. It's about whether you get the chance to actually display it. And even after that, you've got a snobbishness to the NFL where if you're an undrafted free agent or even a third-round pick, they're going to lean towards the people they've invested with with higher draft costs or higher, higher salaries because no one wants to admit they're wrong, especially if they work in the NFL, even if it literally hurts them, their team, their production, and their chances of winning. So, that was long-winded too. But you might like traits. I like traits. There's no way you can evaluate a player without actually doing a full-rounded um, observation of everything they've done. Um, there's a who, what, when, where, why general understanding that we get taught in kindergarten to answer any question. You have to, you have to look at all five different questions. Um, what has to happen to keep Josh Jacobs as a first-round prospect to you? Because from a production standpoint, he, he's not it. Um, however, based on, you know, a full-rounded observation of him, I can get how he was, you know, we're going to hear constantly about all the different five-star recruits who are on the team. Um, and I, I've got some counter-arguments to that. Like I say, I'm trying to skip ahead here. What has to happen to keep Jacobs as a first-round prospect for you? What has to happen in the NFL draft, in other words? Where does he have to be drafted? Or to put it another way, where would he stop being a first-round pick for you? That's a, that's a tough, yeah. I mean, if you're just talking NFL draft round, I would think... Because you know that's when you started to fade on Kelly, right? Well, he was a six-rounder, though, and he went to the Rams, so it was a double whammy there. If if John Kelly would have went to a decent, a good landing spot where he would have had a shot to take over that backfield in the fourth round, he still may have been a first round draft pick for me um so i See, think that's that's what i'm doing yeah. i'm testing the limits of yeah. your lie here that you only rely on traits you you liar no i didn't i never said i only rely on traits oh come but on that's this early on in the season that's what i'm looking for that's how i'm ranking these players is off of traits not because i don't know their landing spot or what kind of role that they're going to develop into so that's my attempt to slander Jake fails once more. And let me give you an example. What if he goes to the Colts, huh? But in the fourth round behind Marlon Mack? 
Is that still a first round pick for you? Mm, probably not, or he's going to be late. I don't. Okay, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. so that's like Aaron Jones draft capital, sure, behind a non girly level running back, but he still drops. See, that's what I mean. It's still not a bad situation. Right. But fairly easy to drop For out sure. the first round. And I'm just trying to get a gauge on like um, where that drop-off comes. Obviously, you don't know. You don't know how you'll feel. You don't, and I don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. But um, I think that's an interesting experiment to do. Like right now, I, I can't fault anyone for having a running back based on what they see when they're admitting the production isn't there. But they just really like what they see. I get, I get that. So, so, quick question. So, let's say, uh, do you have, like, could you tell me your number one wide receiver just tentatively right now uh no i really couldn't but let's, I, let's throw out one of your top wide receivers yeah i'm ganu because you i figured me. it was going to be Nikhil harry so let me let me throw this out to you let's let's say Nikhil harry runs a four six and he falls to the fourth round and he goes to the Buffalo Bills. Where are you going to draft him? Maybe the end of the first round. So, like, for 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 me, you could talk. I think it's 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 it fluctuates more with running backs. Yeah. But I mean, you can literally say this with any prospect. No, then that's what I'm saying. And um, like, okay. where we don't have a complete information right now, I, I just want to put how much we like them in context. Um, because it's right, tr- obviously like if they if if they don't play in the NFL, I'm probably going to draft them lower in my rookie draft, right? <laughs> and so the extreme is the sixth round pick, but I think you know to the Colts in the third or fourth round isn't bad. That's like Aaron Jones, and I wanted him in the second round. So mm-hmm. like, is he that kind of prospect? Like as long as he's not, as long as he's in the first three rounds, you're interested in him in the top two rounds of a rookie draft, for example. Yeah, I, li- I like Josh Jacobs more than I like Darren Jones coming out, and I like Darren Jones a decent right. amount. I drafted him in the third round a couple places. Uh, and see, we need for Josh Jacobs to hit his upside of uh, of what you're observing on film is essentially for an NFL team to bite as hard as the people who we're talking to and yourself who are evaluating him right now right sure um so yeah you like traits and lots of people like well i want the player to look good right when he's playing um but at the same time that is all fadeable given situation and um, nfl drafts it, it does value production and they are going to look at those five star recruits again they're, they're snobbish all the way through right so i, d- I don't know he's gonna go in the top three rounds and that would be my fear my fear obviously is that he pulls a john kelly Uh, i I guess the problem when with a player with jacobs you have to kind of because the the production isn't there and you know the fact he's used on both sides of the offensive game is there which is great you know when you're trying to increase your hit but but don't you don't you don't you think there's a if if there's a good amount of people that all feel the same way about a certain skill set, even with a lack of production, is, does does that not say something? Because if, if there wasn't a good amount of people that are saying this, then it wouldn't be a thing. And without these traits, why would anybody care about Josh Jacobs? Yeah, again, it's... I understand it's hard to contextualize, but that's just the reality of what it is. Does he compare to Dion Lewis? No. Why not? Like, what's different? Because Dion Lewis... Deion Lewis is a small, more more of a scat back style running back, and the, he can run between the tackles. But their body frame is different. Um, Deion Lewis is not going to run as fit anywhere nearly as physical as Josh Jacobs is. Um, I mean, if you want to say that they're both good pass catchers and show good elusiveness and good vision, sure. 
Um, I don't see them. And that's why I said it's hard to make a cop because he carries a, a wide variety of skills that you don't see very often. And it doesn't mean that all of those skills are elite. That doesn't mean that he's elite. It's just it's just a fun player to watch that can that has so many different traits that are very solid, very good. And uh, different frame, but different traits as well. You mean essentially? It's not yes. that it's just that he's a different size. Like Philip Lindsay is a different size as well. No. but does he have a similar assortment no. of trait? What's missing from uh, Lindsay's game? I mean, primarily the physicality, the blocking. That's weird. I would have thought. Lindsay would have been um, had physicality. He's not a, he's not, he's not going to run through many people. Like he's going to make people miss. He's going to take good angles to make people miss. Um, you know, occasionally he can he can bust through an arm. T- you know, he can bust through some arm tackles, but he's not going to take many players head on and mow them over. He's okay. not going to run through three guys and still get yards. Yeah, I mean, I he's Josh Jacobs is a next level type of physical runner. <laughs> he. He he destroys some people. Okay, so here's where I'll go with it. If you've got a player with this unique combination of skill sets, but we can't find an NFL comparison, is it possible that that unique combat is not rare so much as ineffectual no, in the I don't NFL? Think so. Okay, I was just thinking about what you said about breakout age, where there are so few first-round wide receivers that had that particular combination of production i mean is it possible sure but i i don't know i mean i just i can't think of a player and it might be too early on for me able to you know kind of come up with a player that he really reminds me of but he really doesn't um yeah and i guess that's what i'm saying without being able to track uh traits we can't say whether they're effectual they they sound great um obviously um and they look great obviously like you were saying so many people observe them and are on a high on them but i've got no way to try and put that in context with it because it's so almost yeah, because I mean, it's so unique yeah if if i had to and i don't even feel good about it if i had to say he's like somebody's he kind of reminds me of he doesn't even remind me of Marshawn Lynch that much, but there's certain they carry some of the same traits, you know, like the combination of being super physical and yet agile, um, good pass catcher. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Marshawn Lynch was a great, great pass catcher, but he certainly he was a well-rounded. Had his moments. He was a well-rounded back that could basically do it all and was impressive in a lot of different categories. Basically, you just don't right. see that a whole lot. Um, Maybe Eddie George a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just I don't I don't I couldn't honestly I couldn't think of. And usually when I watch players on tape, they'll be like, "Oh, I see this guy. Uh, I see some of this guy." And I do see some of those things, but it's like a lot of different players that carry different skill sets. It's not. It's and usually I'll be able to say, "Okay, he mostly reminds me of this guy." And I just I, and it could be just too early that I haven't watched enough. But honestly, there's not a whole lot to watch of it. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Uh, literally, we've said th- there's nothing I can do with it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. I would say that you you are very concerned, and I'm excited. And <laughs> no, I I I I can't even be concerned. Like I agree with the, there's a consensus. This player looks good on the field, um, and I get that. Um, I would love to be able to love him or hate him, but I can't because, uh, you know, the brick wall I run into of... There's, there's nothing Have you to watched him? Look at. What do you think? Um, yeah. I, I don't evaluate that way. I mean, But you I don't said know. you watched um, players. I, I thought you it was... 
it was fun to watch. Uh, I but I like watching all sports. I don't. I can't. The reason I don't process the game that way is probably because I didn't play it as much as I did other sports. But I, I don't make that mental calculation of that guy looks more explosive than most players I see. I just I, I don't know how to make that observation, right? Like I've seen I've seen Dion Lewis play and the players we just mentioned, and um, I can't honestly say that one looks stronger running at a guy than uh, than another guy. Especially, it sounds more analytically. No, that that (laughs) sentence isn't going to work. I don't know it sounds particularly helpful, but to say it this way, but it's sample size is the only phrase I can think of saying for it. Like, I've seen Philip Lindsay run X amount, I've seen Dion Lewis run X amount, so I'm pretty sure of what they can do when they're running up against one guy. And Josh Jacobs has run up against one guy so little that I don't know that I just he was just running well. It might, it might be one phrase that might sound a little. Paranoid. I think it's what he did with his limited opportunities that was so impressive. Yeah, and honestly, I could I could I could also say that you look at a guy like Justin Jackson from um, that was last year, wasn't it, or was it two years ago already? That was last year, wasn't it, Justin Jackson um, coming out of Northwestern? His college, you know, production was out of control like his college production was really really impressive um and but yet his like you put that many carries and totes on a on a running back coming out of college that's not necessarily a good thing either so for me it's part of um the unknown and it's also part of he's so fresh he's got so much football left in front of him because he doesn't have you know a, a thousand a, a carries and catches under his belt that he got banged up throughout his collegiate career. So I could see as it, it might be slight, but I could see that being made out as a positive too. Yeah. And the next stage is right. Running backs are more predicted by volume than anything else in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, we don't know where he's being drafted or where his draft capital is, which is going to be probably the most essential component of running back evaluation like leaving it with that kind of open-ended thing, but it is just so early, as you mentioned. It's really hard to tell from this point. Yeah, I think we need to get you a wide receiver next week, so you're kind of more in your comfort zone. You're right, we do have to start thinking about next week. We did want to mention just before we go that we have a new t-shirt location or a new thing about the the soft, comfortable, wonderful uh, experience that is wearing a Dynasty Crossroad t-shirt. And since you are doing all the hard work behind that as well... Um, could you tell folks what's what happened with yeah, that? So now you can, can go on them? Amazon. So um, we had been ordering our shirts. Uh, John Bosch's cousin actually was was taking care of us. He gave us a great deal on some shirts, sent them to us at a reasonable price, and then you know I had to go to the post office and deal with uh, shipping costs. And I, I just hate going to the post office. So um, Justin Barlow, <laughs> formerly of uh, the FF Couch Coach. Um, reached out to me, and he he actually, I believe he runs the Fantasy Football Outfitters, which is kind of like a store on Amazon, uh, where it has, like, TQE shirts, Dynasty Trade Calculator, Dynasty Owner's Manual. Um, I think the Trade Addicts are on there as well. Um, so you can get our shirts there. They take care of all the, the processing, any refunds, all the shipping. So... Basically, we just get to sit back, relax, and just say, you know, people can go order shirts online, and and we can just not sweat about it. So, um, you know, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's pretty exciting that we're on Amazon and, and I don't have to worry about any of the shipping or, you know, people like Ross Fisher um, of the Trade Addicts Dynasty Outhouse. Um, I sent him a shirt and then I'm like, oh shit, I think he moved um, since he sent me his address. <laughs> Luckily, it somehow made it up at his new house. Um, so I just, I don't have to worry about that. So if you'd like to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Um and then also, you know, leave us a rating and review. Those are always greatly appreciated. It helps us get found on iTunes and any podcast uh, platform that's out there. I'm glad someone's on point. I, I literally always forget to mention that that stuff. But it would really help if you could check out whatever you listen to with this podcast on. Um, or if you don't listen to it, it would really help out if you start listening to it. Actually, probably more than anything. But uh, when you do that, and uh, let us know what you think. Or even just hit up the Dino Crossroads handle on Twitter to tell us what we can do better or what we can do more of. Because, you know, we, we have no clue beyond this. We're trying our best. So let us know how we can do better. Alright, Jake, I, I think I'm going to wrap it up unless there's anything else no, you I think that's good, add. man. Alright, yeah, thanks for joining us again uh, this week at the Crossroads. I uh, hope you had fun. Um, I had fun as I always do, and I will see you again next week here at the Later. Crossroads. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything I'm glad someone's on point. Does he compare to Dion Lewis? No. This is going well, I can tell. No. I can't even be concerned. No. You know, if anybody asks about you, that's how I describe you. But, I mean, you can literally say this with any prospect. But we'll give you everything. This is going well, I can tell. No.